Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'm joined with Andrew Bauman, who's an author, speaker, mental health counselor, and psychotherapist. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. First of all, thank you for joining. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. If you're a longtime listener, thanks for your continued support. It means so much to me. If you have not done so already, if you could leave a review on iTunes or Google Play, it'd be greatly appreciated for the continued support and love for this show to keep it going. Today's conversation is with Andrew Bauman, who's an author, speaker, mental health counselor, and psychotherapist. And we dig into his latest book, Stumbling Toward Wholeness, How the Love of God Changes Us, which provides a psychological take on the prodigal son parable and its deeply personal nature. How can we become more like God the Father in our healing? That's the that's the aim, that's the objective uh, of this process. And he breaks down into this um, pretty classic uh, prodigal son narrative uh, parable and looks into three different distinct characters, um, the runaway son, the elder brother, and then God the Father, and how we're able to identify with multiple different characters. A lot of times the runaway son gets emphasized, um, but it's equally important to, to look at the elder brother. For Andrew, he digs and talks more about his childhood experience and some of the deep challenges that he was facing with his faith and his family um, that required him to, to move to a new place. Uh, and for him, that was through death through slowly dying, he says. I know it sounds crazy, but um, without without the death, you can't experience the resurrection. Without the death, there is no resurrection. That is one of the biggest messages he he shares in this podcast. Um, and, and then finally, he breaks down each individual character, looking at how we can experience these three in our lives, whether it's through uh, pornography, uh, which we talk about and was has been a challenge for him, um, but is also applicable to to many other addictions um, that we face um, in you know for if we're looking to come to a place of wholeness in a particular topic and a particular issue. I'm gonna leave it at that for now because he he explains it much better than I can. Uh, so I'm gonna leave it here. Let's tune on over to the conversation with Andrew Bauman. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. You bet. Uh, excited to dive in. I've I've received your book, um, and first of all, congratulations. I'm. Uh, it's the, the, the cover looks Thank great, you. and I've I've read a bit into the intro, <laughs> and uh, very excited. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. It took about uh, three and a half years of blood, sweat, and more blood. So glad it's, <laughs> glad it's finally done and out. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I, I've heard that it, it, it takes, you know, around two years is the marker for, I know what, what it takes for a lot of books to be published, but again, I, I, I like your emphasis on a little bit more blood there. Uh, it took, <laughs> took a little bit extra. Um, but that's, yes. that's awesome. I'd love to, uh, uh, Speak a bit more about your book, and then uh, and, and then actually come back to it a little bit later. But first, I wanted to know really what what the main purpose of uh, of the book is for for folks who may not be familiar um, with, uh, with with a lot of the, a lot of the work that you're doing, and 
what do you hope yeah. to share for, for readers? Yeah, uh, my book is based on the classic uh, story of the prodigal son. And so, you know, people's eyes kind of glaze over because they've heard it about a million times. And yet the hope is to share this parable in a new way to really make it come alive to our own healing journey and our own stories of trauma and heartache. So it's really kind of a psychological take on a classic parable um, and basically how, how it is personal, deeply personal to me and my own story and my own journey of healing. And then how does it apply to the readers and how can we actually uh, become more like uh, God the Father in our healing? Mm, okay, wonderful. Um, and I know that there's different different elements and different, um, or rather, different parts of the the Prodigal Son. Three main characters, so we yes. can we can get into that. But first, to to better set up this narrative, uh, I would love to to hear a bit more about your your background, your uh, yeah. your faith as a child, and kind of what your upbringing was like. I know you're based yeah. in Seattle now, but um, tell me a bit more about how how you led to where you are. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, my story is a story of, of deep, deep pain. Um, growing up, my father um, was a pastor and a lawyer, very fascinating combination. And uh, he allowed his own, his own wounds, his own unaddressed pain to really derail uh, his marriage, my family. Uh, and that was kind of the beginning of me trying to make sense of my world. We left, we left him around when I was eight years old and no one knew anything. My mom didn't tell us we didn't, we just went on vacation and we didn't come back. So I'm an eight year old boy, have older siblings. We're all fighting. No one knows what's going on. My dad just doesn't come with us uh, as he's struggling with his own sexual brokenness, uh, his own uh, addiction issues. And, and basically that sets me on this path of, of, a deep depression uh, as an eight-year-old boy. Um, so that, that begins, and yet we're a very Christian family, very conservative, and go to church, you know, five times a week, and, uh, we're, and yet no one's talking about uh, the deeper issues. No one's telling the truth of why my fam—someone just set off an atom bomb in my family. Um, and so I, I had no idea, and that kind of led me— on this journey to try to make sense of my faith, make sense of my own story, make sense of uh, then later my own addiction issues and trying to work it out. And I feel like this book is, is really a reflection of that, trying to make sense of God and the messiness of our lives. Mm. Wonderful. And, and uh, as I'm sure you know, and it's quite uh, common with, or there's a, there's a higher likelihood for, you know, if your father is struggling with, uh, an addiction or really that that can cause a lot of trauma on your life as well being the son yeah. and um, yeah. as a you know in the in the in the psychological uh, field and and really the approach that you've taken through your through your through your learnings uh, you're seeing kind of how the the pieces are all connecting and how it it starts yeah. to make sense and especially with theology too I, I want to know you know why was it that the that this was kind of getting swept on, under the rug or this, you know, this brokenness wasn't, wasn't yeah. being addressed. Is it, was it part of the culture? Or? Yeah, I think it didn't fit into the, into the very strict kind of more legalistic culture, right? My dad was struggling with deep uh, sexual brokenness issues and, and, and he couldn't bring it, right? If he brought it to, you know, he was also a vice president of a Christian college and, you know, so he was in a sense big time career wise. And if he was honest and authentic, he would have lost it all. 
right? He would have lost everything. And, and that's such a travesty uh, to what we do to pastors that they somehow have to be perfect or they have to, and then they end up going into hiding, right? And I know on my life in a smaller scale, being a youth pastor and being secretly addicted to pornography myself for years, it's like, I know that pressure. of like, I can't tell the truth about my life or I'm going to lose everything. Um, and, and yet uh, what I want to push people to is actually like, we actually need to lose everything. We actually need to blow it all up. Um, so because God is truth and the more we live in truth is the more we experience God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So w- was there a, was there a point? What I think first it's important for us to recognize that, you know, putting ourselves in positions where we're, uh, we're promoting the growth and really the through through a different avenue. You know, if, if our yes. if the environment that we're in is not conducive to 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 removing something, and it's we continue to try the same approach over and over again, uh, and it yes. doesn't lead results. It's you know maybe you should question how you're approaching it. You know, <laughs> yes, I, exactly. I want to know was there a point in your you know maybe a single moment or maybe just a you know mm-hmm. accumulation of moments when you said. Hey, this for you, you know, this pornography addiction, when, when it really came to, Hey, this is something that I need to address and in kind of how that process was for you. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, it wasn't this mountaintop experience of, Oh, I'm, I'm free to me. It it was this long, arduous journey of slowly dying, um, slowly my own journey, what, 13 years ago, ending up in a psychiatric ward and literally almost killing myself. Like I had to go that dark and that deep to realize like, okay, like this is not working for me. Um, literally, uh, this addiction, this depression is killing me. I have to find something new. Um, I have to head in a different direction. Uh, and slowly over time, learning what it means to honor a woman instead of devour her, learning what it means for me to heal my own sexual abuse and my own sexual brokenness so that I could become a safe, a safe man again. Uh, and now dedicating my life and my private practice and counseling and my writing to helping other men. It's, it's part of my calling now, and yet it's distinctly integrated with my own story of shame and brokenness. And I feel like that's kind of the irony of God. Mm. Um, so, and I think your story not is, uh, it's not uncommon. There's a lot of men uh, in particular that, that do struggle with pornography. Um, is that, you know, I want to know what have you, what have you seen, you know, this personal story can be incredibly powerful. Uh, has, has there been others that have you've communicated with, you know, either before the book or even really now Mm -hmm. that have said, Hey, you know what? Yeah, this is, uh, this is not just a, you know, a small group of people that are dealing with this, Uh, but it's a, it's an issue that needs to be addressed. It's a, yeah, it's everywhere. It's unfortunate that I have job security, um, just because, you know, I get I get hit up all the time because people are dying. It's like, what, 50% of evangelical pastors, 70% of evangelical men. I mean, it is a hidden, uh, hidden thing that is literally destroying us and sending us deep into our own shame cycles. Um, and, and we gotta we gotta begin to tell the truth. We gotta begin mm. to address it because I believe in John 10:10 10, 10, that evil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, and it's through our sexuality. It's through our shame. Mm-hmm. So you, you speak on this um, this this process of wholeness, or, or be, yes. you know becoming whole. Uh, and I like that yes. that that metaphor. And, and the again that there's pieces that are continuously helping to form and create this wholeness. H- have you identified like a 
a framework or like a way of thinking that can yeah. that can allow us to kind of think about the way of the way of getting there. Yeah, and that's a lot of what this book, Stumbling Towards Wholeness, is. Mm. Basically, it's the framework, uh, basically, in in the story of the prodigal, right? And so mm-hmm. each each character represents a realm of healing. And so the, the sun realm uh, represents our stories of addiction, our stories of shame, our stories of self-hatred. We all have these. We all have the younger sun in us. Mm-hmm. But to heal, we can't stay there. We also have to engage the realm of the elder brother, which is basically our entitlement, our judgment, right? We judge those younger brothers out there, and yet we're just as lost. Um, we're just as arrogant in our faith. Uh, we, we are arrogant in our faith, and we judge those. But we also need to move through the elder realm and into the father realm, and that's what this whole book is about. What does it mean to truly enter into the father realm, which means to enter into our kindness to our stories, our grief and what does it mean to actually celebrate wildly like the father does mm-hmm. and so that's part of the healing process what does it mean to embody the father and the voice of god within ourselves hmm. um so there's the, the different characters and i think uh sometimes we can think of these as distinct people and or distinct uh you know when you look at yourself you try and uh, maybe a, a, a associate or assimilate into uh into one of these characters. And I think a lot of times, uh, so that in the story of the prodigal son, there's the the son who, or the the one son who runs away and, you know, goes off, uh, does his own thing, uh, brings a lot of shame on himself and shame on his family. Uh, it's as it's assumed. Um, and, and that's, and he's often the, the one that gets focused on, you know, it's all about, you know, he comes back, they, they throw, they, you know, throw a celebration for him coming back. Um, but, and I think after there's, uh, you know, after reading more literature, um, and, and understand that, Hey, you know what, there's actually different parts of this character that we should, uh, part, parts of the story that we should be focusing on. Um, yes. and again, the elder brother as well, but, um, wanted, I want to yes. touch base on a little bit on each character. I don't want to get, get too deep yes. into it, but, uh, first on the, on the runaway son, again, it's probably the, the person that's most easily identified, uh, exactly. for, for the narrative, right? This is, uh, yes. this is a. The, the, the classic quote-unquote villain or, or uh... yeah exactly it's easy to pick off right and so basically what got me thinking around these categories was I had all these clients come in and they could so easily name their sin right they could just easily say oh I'm terrible I'm this I'm this I'm this and they had so much contempt for their own stories and their own sin but they weren't moving anywhere they were staying this thing and then I realized wow they're really acting like the elder brother towards themselves they're really judging themselves harshly. They're really um, annihilating themselves, and they're not moving towards kindness. And so that's what began to set me on this path of like, oh, wow, we really are uh, all three characters. Mm-hmm. And and the healing looks like when we can begin to know that both are lost, right? Both both brothers are lost, and we have to begin to to engage deep kindness just like the father did right he welcomed both to the party mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for for part of the 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 role and the position of the the runaway son um what what should be the objective for this you know this this part of the character um yeah. and then what's really what must be addressed in this process yeah well i mean again addiction is a huge one right mm-hmm. what are we addicted to right now that i've been sober from pornography for about 13 years I'm still aware 
that I tend to overeat when I'm anxious. I tend to Mm -hmm. grab that extra bar of ice cream or that extra piece of chocolate to make myself feel better. I want to soothe something. Rather than having the courage to actually deal with my emotions, I still, even though maybe it's lesser, Mm. I still can be a coward (laughs) in regards to my addiction. And I have to face it. I have to tell the truth. I have to start heading back home towards the Father who is truth. Um, In regards to my shame, Right. The the younger son, when he comes home, he says he basically tries to strike a deal with his dad. Right. Like, hey, let me work, work, work it off. Let me try to be your servant. And he took a third of the inheritance. There was no way he was ever going to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And yet he's trying to work out a deal um, like he's trying to medicate, mitigate his shame by saying, I can work it off. Like, mm-hmm. listen, listen, dad, like I can let me let me pay you back. He does not know how to receive goodness and grace, and that's exactly the same as us. I want to work it off. I want to earn God's favor, not mm. actually rest into it. Mm, mm. So when when we're able to, because I, I think sometimes or a lot of us might not get to, or might not understand this 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 the forgiveness, understand uh, redemption, mm-hmm. re- restoration from the Father. Once, how, what's the process like of getting? you know, or getting to that, that state where you're like, okay, I don't have to earn or work my way back. Cause even, yeah. and I think in today's, especially in Western culture, it's very, um, working, working for, yeah. for better. And that's the, that's the mindset. Totally. It's performance. Yeah. So performance based. Right. And it's, it reminds me of Romans two, four, you know, the kindness of God is what leads us to repentance. Hmm. And that's a big part of, of a book, an entire entire chapter that hmm. I write about. What does it mean to begin to embody God's kindness towards ourselves? Um, what does it mean to begin to be radically kind? And that's how we begin to access God's voice towards us, hmm. rather than the voice of evil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. Mm-hmm. So the... the so you know, there's the, the the younger son, or sorry, the, the runaway son element, um, and then there's the 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 elder brother, which I do want to spend a little bit more time on because I think yes. this is often uh, overlooked um, and can can keep you in a place that uh, that you might not be aware that you're in. But it's yes. this person is often viewed right, maybe as the person of uh, position of success, uh, faith <laughs> exactly. faithfulness, responsibility. Exactly. Um, he's got it all together. He's got it all together, right? So, yeah, exactly. but, but so why should why should we be careful if we're in this position? Because the elder brother is motivated by duty rather than desire, hmm. right? He he is. It's a performance based gospel. It's a you know he deserves it, right? Mm-hmm. How many times do we get into that place when we've you know when something let's say tragedy strikes mm-hmm. and we're like. God, why are you allowing this to happen? Like, I've been so good to you. You owe me, in a sense. Like, I've been going to church. I've been reading my Bible. I've been check off the box. I am entitled to God's favor. And that's just not how God works. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not how it works. Um, this realm, I'll read this mm-hmm. this little part about the elder bed of the realm. This realm, we must face our sense of entitlement, our harsh judgment, in our contempt towards others. Self-righteousness makes us feel powerful. Similar journey, it's a similar journey of escaping pain just performed differently than the younger brother. 
So I think it's the same exact way of like, we still want to escape pain. We're just not doing it through addiction. We're actually doing it through self-righteousness. Um, is, was there was there parts of your of your personal journey where where you, where you recognize that that element and what was what, was that challenging for you? What was the you know what was it yeah. that allowed you to, to yeah. get through that stage? We'll, we'll stick with the same with the same journey around yeah. pornography. Um, it was this part of where I almost didn't think I could like I was judging myself so harshly. The mm-hmm. other centered contempt. I was I was so. Uh, disgusted like I didn't deserve a party I didn't deserve to become to come home so I actually didn't talk about my porn addiction for years even after I stopped using Um, so it was really only about five years ago I was leading a workshop on addiction someone raises their hand and asks the question about you know how do I know about addiction or something and I, I said well because of my own 13 year addiction to porn and I literally almost like fell out of my chair tried to grab the words back like I couldn't I accidentally said it basically to a room full of about 30 people um, and I looked on their faces anticipating that I'd see disgust mm-hmm. you know different different uh, feeling negative emotions and what I saw was their eyes were incredibly soft they were leaning forward in their chair and they weren't disgusted at me I was disgusted at myself they were actually open to receiving what I was offering. And they you know, came up after, thank you so much for sharing in your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability is actually contagious, right? And so my, my elder brother wanted me to be quiet. He wanted me to continue to judge my sin rather than have the courage to own my sin and courageously move forward. There's so yeah, and so it's, there's this also there's this there's this process it sounds like of introspection and empathy mm-hmm. uh, of yourself, yes. and that's you know a bit more into into uh, into some of the work that you're doing, I'm sure, but that allows you to uh, to to uncover maybe it's through that moment right there that you're speaking out, but can also be can also be done you know on your own maybe through some other activity um, to, to to uncover uh, this 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 vulnerable or to, to, to become more vulnerable. Um, and I want to know kind of, so speaking on this, on this fear in particular, um, is it, is it something that is always quite obvious for that, for the elder brother, uh, or this, this position, or is it sometimes, is it harder to, to, to reveal? Yeah, I think, I think this one is much more difficult to name within ourselves mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and that's just because of the sense of entitlement, right? Like, mm-hmm. Dad, I've been working the field so long, like I deserve this. And so I think we take that same, it's that same approach to our healing of like, I don't actually need a therapist. I don't actually need to go tell my wife. I don't actually need to go, you know, ask for prayer from a buddy. Like Mm -hmm. I'm good, I got this. And so there is a sense where uh, when you are in the elder brother realm, it's harder to break down. Mm -hmm. Whereas the son realm is there's a desperation. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've lost it all. Like I have to go back to my father and ask for something like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And so in, in a sense, I think redemption is more difficult when we're in our when we're in the elder brother realm. Mm-hmm. And speaking too on this on this uh, relationship, right in, in this in the actual parable, there's this, you know, when when the when the younger brother actually comes back, the older brother is upset. Uh, yeah. And you can see this, the, the two characters clashing with one another. Yes. Um, 
so I want to know is is that is that is that typically how you've seen it with not only maybe with yourself but looking at others who are and, and casting judgment on others um, want to know kind of speaking on this relationship what's important for what have you seen kind of in general and then what's important for for moving forward and, and not only being you know not only expressing this vulnerability with yourself but with with others as well yeah I, I think it's much easier for us to accept others faults than our own Right. So as I find in working with groups, it's like people can forgive the other. Oh, yeah. They can see the best in someone else uh, and they can they can forgive. They can they can hope for something different. But in themselves, they're much more critical. Mm. They're much more uh, much more difficult inviting themselves towards redemption than someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of the dynamic that I've seen in the groups Mm. that I've led. And it's like they're much slower to offer themselves the same grace that they offer someone else. Wonderful. And then, and then finally, there's the the father too. And you mentioned at yes. the beginning this should this there's an obje- objective and aim to get to this position or get to this yes. place where the father is. So what yes. is what what are some of the characteristics that truly represent uh, the father yes. in this healing process? The, the first one is to befriend our grief, which is a it's a weird weird idea because the father when he first sees the the younger son you know he runs towards him and and just this wild celebration and what i argue in the book is that he could only throw that wild celebration because of the level of grief he already went to right we hear that later when he confronts the elder brother i thought basically my son was dead so he had a he had a funeral he he let him die he grieved boldly and so to the level in which we grieve is to the level in which we can celebrate. Um, there's this deep connection. So if we block grief, we can't enter full joy. Um, there's a continuum there. And so what I argue in the father realm, we have to uh, befriend our grief. We have to enter grief. Um, we have to fully feel the depths of our grief. We cannot experience resurrection until we have walked through crucifixion. And it sucks, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I comp- that. Yep. So that's one uh, extending kindness, which we talked a lot about, mm-hmm. uh, and and basically surrendering control. Right. The father does not have control. He's basically surrendering uh, his love, his heart, to be broken uh, by both the younger and the elder. Yeah, I think the, la- the last one can be hard. Um, you oh, yeah. w- you want to have this. You want to be under control, right? You want to be yes. have everything put together. Um, so being able to, to let that go, um, and and uh, and then, but then also in this process of you know grief and being able to lament with the with the pain uh, that you're that you're facing, um, and making sure to experience that before you can move on. Right? There's no there, again. There's no yes. resurrection without a death. So, um, yes. Wonderful. Um, and, and just to to to. Uh, conclude i just want to know if there's any anything else that uh through through this through this book that you that we haven't discussed that you would uh really encourage our our readers or our listeners to think about um just you know were in words of advice as well yeah yeah yeah. um i I think if 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 your listeners are experiencing you know they're they're having trouble kind of experiencing that next step of of depth and healing Mm. 
you know, I would encourage you to dive in. There's good resources out there um, that aren't just everyday easy answers, right? Like this book, I think, is not a book of easy answers of, you know, here's five steps into being awesome and perfect. Uh, this is this is an invitation into a really bloody, painful, hard journey. So it's actually, in many ways, it sucks. I'm inviting you into your death. Um, like, you're welcome. Um, but that's not yep. the end. Yep. Right? The end is not just so you die. It's actually so you can experience the love of God who actually radically changes you and invites you into a resurrection that is divine. Um, but it's going to come through much heartache. And uh, to me, that is, that's the invitation. And that's what makes it more real. You know, if you're a part of a Christian community that doesn't know that is all resurrection, but no heartache, it's like, that, you can't trust it. You know, I can't, there's so many Christians that are so, God is good all the time. And it's like, I can't, I can't handle it. I just, they're not telling the truth because God is good all the time. Yes. But like, you have to hold both death and resurrection simultaneously. Uh, it's not all death and it's not all resurrection. It's somewhere in the middle is what it means to be an authentic Christian. Yeah. And that's my, what I'm hoping for. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. There's, um, yeah, I, I think I, experiencing that myself being uh resonating with uh, struggling with ocd uh anxiety um and a speech impediment impediment for myself when i was younger but getting to these low moments i had to i had to reach that death uh component i had to uncover and really unravel these the the core elements of what what was going on and it being able to understand and have the awareness that it was there, but that I'm able to, I'm able to, to get past it. I'm able to, yes. to break free. And, um, and it's, it can be tough because for maybe for folks who have already gone through the healing process in one place, they, they move past like, Oh, I've, I've been delivered. And you might forget about the, about the, or maybe put back these times that you've had yeah. in this process too. So importance for remembering and having this remembrance of what has yes. happened uh so that it's you know it's healthy for yourself but also so that others may see that again that there is both sides of the coin and you're not yes. you're not sharing a, a one-sided coin there yes yes wonderful well um and i just want to know where uh where folks can can find your book if they want to learn more yeah, about man. you and the work that you're doing yeah, uh, this is my actually my third book, and you can find them all on Amazon. Uh, basically, I write about porn, I write about grief, and I write about uh, healing, which is all the stuff we talked about. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but you can find my work on Andrew J. Bauman, B-A-U-M-A-N dot com, and then and you can find my products and, and everything there. So check them out if this message uh, resonated with you guys. Share it. Wonderful. Um, Andrew, uh, it was great, great speaking with you and hearing about stumbling toward wholeness, how the love of God changes us. But really, again, as we mentioned, uh, just a, a subset of a lot of a lot of the other work that you're doing and where you've spent a lot of your time and, um, and energy. So thank you. I, I enjoy this conversation and hope that this brings uh, brings hope. Uh, and this can be part of the, the, the healing process as for, for listeners who are who are on this journey and are seeking uh, seeking wholeness. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. Appreciate it.